to the Essential Scares Podcast, the only show that dares to ask the question, is it essential? I am your host, Corbin, and with me today, as always, is Alan. Good evening. And Bobby. Good evening. Why you gotta do me like that? Because maybe you'll stop. See, but you always react like this, which means I just want to keep going, you know? You yeah. just set me up. We are encouraging him. We're encouraging him without wanting to. <laughs> yeah. Do we ignore it? Is that the move? Probably. I think it, yeah, like when you have a bully, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stick to the show as they break my nose. <laughs> oh, man. We've got quite a show for you today. We are going to be discussing the brand new Cronenberg flick, Crimes of the Future. But before we get into it, Bobby has a spoiler warning. I do! This will serve as your first one and only spoiler warning for the brand new film that is very hard to watch, uh, just like location-wise at the very least, Crimes of the yeah, Future. <laughs> if you do not want this movie spoiled for you, please skip to the time code provided in the show notes or description for our essential spoiler-free discussion. <clears throat> this is a message to every person that walked out of Crimes of the Future. Oh, baby, does baby need a changey? Does baby need a changey for his poopy diapy? You fucking babies. <laughs> Alan. That's entirely fair. Uh, my first thought leaving this th- this film was, people walked out of that? Um, but to give some... I idea, think I know why. I do I, too. I mean, we should discuss it, but yeah. This movie is set in a not-so-far-flung future where the human body has evolved in very strange ways. Um, Technology and evolution are converging in an incredibly strange fashion, uh, resulting in humans doing increasingly um, disparate things to their own bodies to try and feel. Uh, and we have uh, our character Paul Tenser, and what was his wife's or uh, his his performer's name? I don't remember. Well, his name is Saul Tenser. Saul Tenser. <laughs> that was close enough. Um, they are <laughs> performance artists who um, do open surgeries because that's what's going. Why well, that's the 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 hot thing in the not so far flung future. Uh, and as they go through, we find a. Um, more shocking surgery that they're going to perform. Her name is Caprice. Caprice. They they find a a more shocking, more um, outrageous surgery that they're going to perform in public for everyone to see. Yeah. This movie's fucked up. All right. Yeah. So I just <laughs> want to kick it right back to Alan. So yep. Alan, this was your very first Cronenberg movie, with the exception of a movie by Cronenberg Junior. Possessor. Uh, which Love we all watched as a group uh, about a year and change ago. Um, you've made it this long without seeing a Cronenberg movie. This was your first one. Hit me with a couple of thoughts right off the top. So, the one of the first things that I really picked up on while watching this is this man has style, and and I really liked that about it. Like this, this movie has its own very unique identity that. I think is I, I get how someone who can create a universe like this that is on the one hand um, incredibly similar to the world we see but with just a few kind of tweaks here and there 
to kind of create this very strange but not so out of place existence like i mean so when i in 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 my explanation i said technology and evolution are combining into one thing uh that's pretty evident the moment you see their beds that they sleep on there are these weird like tentacle things coming from the ceiling that attaches into your hands to not, for Saul to not have like pain while he sleeps cuz his pain sensors are all over the place like it just has such a he unique... experiences pain which is unique saying, to him yeah is is the fact that he has any pain yeah <laughs> it's <laughs> the eye for detail and originality here i think that's something that like is very captivating. So that was Bobby, my what do you think overarching thoughts. Um, okay, so this is very... Like... This is very much a Cronenberg movie where it's very sty- stylistically its own thing and very and full of substance. There's a lot to bite into yeah. in Christ. This movie, this movie does well with, I think multiple viewings. I think you'll pick up on things a lot better as you watch it more. In addition to it, right. Um, Kristen Stewart, Viggo Mortensen. I think her name is Leia Sado is Leia Caprices. Yeah. Um, everybody who, every actor in this is really, it's really well, well acted, right? Yes, it's just, no, it's like every, everybody stellar. takes the character and really works with it. Again, having watched the re- most recent Batman movie as well as all of Robert Pattinson's work as well as Kristen Stewart's work, um, I do not understand how the Twilight movies are as bad as they are because those movies are just blatantly uninteresting to me. And I'm somebody who Sometimes loves. Sometimes you can't escape a bad script. <laughs> I yep. love I love romance movies and I love vampires because again that was the age in which I grew up. I loved the Twilight's books; they were very mm-hmm. fun. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, Twilight must what, win. Yeah, oh, never. Um, that's four <laughs> movies. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this movie is very strange to me because it feels very much like this movie is like this movie's plot is simultaneously meandering and barren like i i i agree with that i think that yeah the plot is like shockingly thin it's it's like there's like like it's just jumping from scene to scene and yeah like i I was like i think that they spend like so much time with the dialogue and like the scenes explaining the world and what's going on that like the story like never gets to go it anywhere yeah. basically like and the, the problem is, is like there's there's so like like all that stuff with what is his name the guy who plays detective uh, uh the guy who plays the detective yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, he's don't know he, his name, but yeah. yeah, yeah, he is so good. Like like everything about it, he was like he like was super compelling, but like it also felt like that happened out of nowhere and everything was just like you're just like bouncing all over the place specifically when when like him and saul are just like randomly talking on the beach seemingly out of nowhere it's like what what is going on here like it just it it just kind of like one is in there out of nowhere there's one tiny little quip about the fact that he's an undercover cop yeah and then they just move on with it like, like as somebody who has been <laughs> tangentially a part of the art world, 
like there is something like you just know everybody everybody kind of interconnects and then somebody gets famous and everybody's jealous about it and it's like a whole thing like and this is just in yeah. in, in, in like the music part of the art rule which is not probably has like i would imagine performance art is like incredibly more pretentious like this movie really is but like this movie has a lot to say and manages to say it but I think the plot suffers for everything that they wanted it yeah. to say. Like that, that was the at, thing is like what cost by including yeah. so many messages at what yeah. cost. <laughs> the mess, like, like you can watch this. And I think I, me and Corbin were even talking about it. I, me and Corbin had a main heavy message over this movie that was different from each other. But like this, I, I typically try to more concretely throughout the episode, be like, this is what's happening in this in this movie so far i'm gonna struggle to do that today i just know that about because it's just like okay so like there's this guy saul played by vigo mortensen and he's a performance artist because he grows tumors or possibly organs but simultaneously that dude from uh i want to say seventh heaven isn't that isn't that him isn't that the guy from seventh heaven the guy who is the the dad of oh scott speedman yeah yeah (laughs) yeah like he's also like him and his son eat plastic like yeah and it's like it there's there's a certain i well i mean okay so like so saul doesn't doesn't grow any tumors right they're all organs but he cuts them out because he hates the evolutionary change so he's viewing them as tumors right and that's why he's sick because he's cutting out pieces of himself like before they can do anything and then uh plastic dad uh, actually doesn't have any natural evolutionary changes, but has done it to himself anyway. And yet, because of the fusion of like technology and evolution, his son was born with the same thing that he was given. And yet, uh, as we you know probably see at the end of the movie, Saul kind of has that same adaptation. And like, I I think that if you, I think that the movie is like shockingly straightforward and maybe a little bit overt. Um. I enjoyed it over overall. I mean, <laughs> oh no, but I, I think agree. that like you know the the core story is like there's an underground drug ring. Vigo is under an undercover cop, and he's trying to like stop people who are trying to evolve. Basically, I mean, yeah. like that's that's the story, right? It's kind of just a typical undercover cop movie that it's, never really goes too far with the procedural. It's portion. the X Men on the side of the feds. <laughs> yeah right (laughs) that's exactly it (laughs) but like but like i i think i there's a part of this that feels very much and this is kind of sort of ironic us being people who are very much ourselves uh putting out a thing right this feels like almost to a certain extent like like art like the idea of art being um naturally invasive and the fact that yeah. like in like that might not necessarily be a good thing i yeah. that was kind Art of what is pain is the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no for sure i, I think that like, that's a core a core component of the movie. like and that was the main thing i got was just like very much like oh yeah like you seeing like i'm not being like 
hello, I'm Bobby. That's my actual name, right? That's the name I've gone by my entire life. If I was going as by John, right, that would be a different thing. But the performance of me doing this podcast is me being essentially myself or being myself in this instance, right? Just talking about a movie I like, right? That, I think, is a critique in Crimes of the Future. Like, is that a good thing? Or is that... Because, like, this is a natural... The like, opening of that, oneself. Is this really yeah. something you want to be doing? Literally. Exactly. Yeah, that, like... And there's also, I think, to Corb... Like, when me and Corb were talking about privately, like, there is, like, this also, like, environmental, like, can humanity naturally evolve to handle the crimes of against the earth that na- that humanity done or will we just kill ourselves in the process anyway because humans yeah. are naturally which are like really cool and interesting messages but at the end of the day it's just like you watch this and you catch some of these things but you also go like what the fuck am i watching like yeah. that's <laughs> I, I i do think <laughs> when ahead, when i left the the movie i just I, I went use the bathroom because of course and I'm walking to my car. I call Maggie and I'm like, I don't really know what I just saw. I'm going to drive in silence and think about it for the next half hour while I drive home. And that's precisely what I did. And I didn't really come up with anything hyper conclusive in that time frame. Uh, what <laughs> this, this might be, this might be like getting way far ahead, but why did the that's technicians okay. kill Scott Speedman? Great question. Okay, so here's the thing, right? So the technicians work for the company, the 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 flesh technology company, yeah. right? Yeah. And the company makes their money on people who are trying to retain a normal body and and adapt to an ever increasingly evolutionary world. Right? Oh, and I Scott see it now. Speedman's character, yep. yes, is trying to push humanity to the next level, and so he is exactly opposing to them. So they're protecting profits. By killing revolutionaries, like that's which is the same reason thing. why Kristen Stewart pulled out all of the organs from the kid, exactly, and that's why they killed the guy who uh, was helping people enter the inner beauty contest because he was promoting keeping the organs and evolving, and they're trying to stop that. Yeah, which by the way is the reason why I'm assuming kids, uh, adults walked out of this movie. There is a naked boy in which they do do an autopsy on him, and it is very uncomfortable because yeah. uh, although it is a CGI baby penis, there is a CGI baby penis in this movie. Yeah. It's super well, it's like. Kind of can't imagine people left for any other reason, but yeah. also that's I the mean, very end of the movie. Oh like, no! <laughs> well, it's also the very end of the movie, and it's also like if this if it was in any way sexualized, it would be an issue. But it is so like it's, it's it is so sterile. like you're just yeah, it's sterile and it's uncomfortable in the way that they're like oh yeah, they're just they're just opening a child. That's the thing that's super uncomfortable yeah. about it. But like I would, but the entire time I'm sitting there, I was like. Oh, this is just really sad because, like, they murdered a child in the beginning of this, and, like, that's also really sad. But, like, See, I assume that's what people were walking out of the idea of, like, snuffing a child. Like, because, I mean, there's a lot of things that. Uh, so, we. But we, they. But, 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 but that's been done in movies for I, a really. Like, that's not new. Yes, but I feel like the idea of a mother. Jesus Christ, we're, 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 we're talking about the reasons why Crimes of the Future is saying this is bad. We're playing into Cronenberg's hands! No! See? Well, here's how it is. He knew what he was doing. He did it. He did it. I don't know. I feel like the idea of a mother murdering her own child in such a, like, intimate way. Like, I could... 
I get why someone I, would be upset, but like, it's but a movie. I don't know. I mean, like, it definitely it, has impact, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I think it's you know it's there for a reason. Uh, but I don't. I agree that I think, especially knowing that you're going into a Cronenberg movie, mm-hmm. surely, surely, that is not a thing that makes you walk out. No. Well, I think I think plenty of people don't under like not understand but like are expecting a Cronenberg I, people to this day are not expecting a Cronenberg movie to be a Cronenberg movie right like which you shocks watch... me like every time he releases a movie people are so surprised it's like guys he's been doing the same thing for 40 yeah. years yeah <laughs> get he's on, going, get on he, he is going he's going to push your boundaries <laughs> to have a message that is like I guess I, for me is milk toast but also I have some extreme opinions so I, maybe that's why like oh, I kind it, of agree, milk, I think especially by now. Yeah, milk toast isn't the right word because it because like yes, like humanity should be able to naturally evolve and that should be an okay thing. And also like I think it's like considering how extreme he pushes his visuals at times, his messaging is surprisingly tame. Well, I think I think sometimes it requires that cuz like mm-hmm. as tame as it is, right? The idea of like because you never look at, at least for me, you, I never looked at uh, the mother of the child uh, to be necessarily, like, a bad person for what she did. Like, her being freaked out about it, that never really mm-hmm. bothered me. And so there, there's a, there's this feminist idea of, like, I should, should decide what comes out of my body. There, there There's the whole abortion argument, which, you know, there's that, right? So she's never necessarily, but at the same time, you're also, like, in this idea of, like, there's this idea of bodily autonomy, even with with Vigo Mortensen, with Saul, of being like, I don't want these things in my body, and, like, should that be accommodated? But also the idea of, like, there's these natural things that change, and we should, like, the environment is making natural adjustments. Should we adjust to it, or should we push against it? And then there's this also this idea of, like, this invasive privacy of, like, publicly self-mutilating yourself because that what seems to be like what is interesting versus like privately just being a thing like right. there like there is all like all of these messages are like very much now but also have been the same message like for a while so at the same yep. time i get the idea of like cronenberg is being like listen i've been saying the same goddamn thing for like 30 <laughs> 40 years how are you not getting it there's a baby on there's a there's a small child on this table and they're just opening that kid up like get it please but the but like yeah. i think at the same time it suffers from like this is cronenberg's loosest plot yet and i think that like oh, easily easily like it's all sh- there's a lot of shock value there but not a lot of like plot ho- sinks like like even in like like the fly, which we'll get to eventually. There's so many plot sinks. You're just like, man, this is just like this is a good movie on top of it. Yeah, I mean, I think it. You know, the the fly is a good example because it te- it tells a lot of the same, and it's a lot of the same messaging, right? All yeah. all of it. I would say all of his movies have a lot of the same messaging. It's yeah. kind of what he does. And this one, like you know, this movie was like, I forget how long, two hours and change, yeah. right? And he spends that time uh, wastefully, I think, at times. You know, like he doesn't, I think that there are opportunities, you know, to kind of string together a more fully formed narrative. Um, 
And I think that he had a good one, like, brewing there. I think there is a pretty good, easy-to-understand story there. And I think that there is a benefit to, if you want to have a movie with a pretty serious message, also having something that people can, like, latch onto and go, like, oh, yeah, like, this was the movie. And also it kind of had, like, this weird other thing that it was was saying, or these other two things that it was saying. And this movie was like, well, we'll forget that, but I'll tell you four other things that I'm trying to say. <laughs> and I don't know. I think I do think it suffered from that. But scene by scene, the movie is pretty good. But oh, like, yeah. linking the scenes together sometimes had problems. I think I think that's the problem. Is like the entire time I was watching this movie, I was like, man, this is really fucking cool. I'm really it enjoying is cap- it. Oddly captivating. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> by the time it gets to the end of it, it's like, man, that just bounced. Right, like, mm-hmm. and like, like, and it, it was re- like, again, it it's very dreamy in that way, and I think like I like that personally. I mm-hmm. like it when movies are are very dreamy and like kind of just like, whoa, what the fuck is happening? But at the same time, like, it still is just dreamy. Like, there's just some, yeah. uh, like, there's some stuff that like. And it doesn't feel like it's trying to be that. I like that's like acc- accidentally dreamy almost. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I don't know that I agree yeah. with that. Okay. Mm. I, I so I, like I said when I walked out of the film, I, I kind of went, "What the hell did I just experience?" But kind of like through through the film, I had the same kind of thing where I'm like, "This is I." I, I I would I could not stop watching it because I was just very captivated by the imagery and everything that was going on, and I feel like that kind of lack thereof of structure when looking from like a high up view. I think that's intentional to some degree. Like I think the idea of this plot, you you've got all these desperate parts, mm-hmm. and it's kind of messy, but that's. I mean, that kind of ties in the idea of, like, evolution's messy. I mean, look at the world that he's showing compared to what we have now. Like, I think that the lack of structure is inherently its own structure within this film. Does that make sense? I, I to even just double down on your point, even though I don't necessarily agree with it, um, it could be argued, and I'm willing to argue this, I'm, I'm on the fence about this, that this movie is trying to imitate like an art film because art films are very much this it's very it's very bouncy in that yeah. way I, I think that i actually would double down on that and say that the cinematography would agree with you this movie was shot like I an indie did, film i yeah. did like the cinematography yeah. <laughs> okay so but let's just get down to the horror brass tacks gotcha. right because yeah. it's a Cronenberg yeah. movie we right? really haven't and, delved into it too much but it's no. it's Everything we've been talking about through up to this point, there is horror ebbing throughout oh, everything. This movie, this movie is very Cronenberg. Where this is a quintessential. Uh, maybe not. Maybe that's not the right word because I don't know. But it is a. It is a. It is a very very. It, when you think about body horror, this movie falls right into it. Slots super into it. So, again, brief summary of the plot. Uh, Saul Tenser and his uh, his lover and uh, uh, artistic uh, partner Caprice uh, perform uh, a a, uh, a art show 
where they perform surgery, very much like Repo the Genetic Opera, a movie we surgery. also watched. Go watch your Repo the Genetic Opera, right? <laughs> um, at yep. the same time, uh, Scott Speedman, whose character's name is apparently Lang Datrice, um, and his wife, Do- Jonah Datrice, have a child in which Jonah kills because it eats pla- because he eats plastic. Um, throughout this entire thing, there is a, uh, a, an American or worldwide organization for new organs, uh, and Kristen Stewart and, uh, apparently his name is Don McKellar are the two representatives of that. And Vigo Mortensen, salt tensors, uh, kind of have been showing that. And it kind of bounces from art show to art show to art show while this is kind of happening. And eventually, uh, Lang says, Hey, I've got a, my son. He has different organs. We sh- you should see this because humans are evolving to be able to eat plastics. And uh, he gets killed by a company, and the world that no, no longer finds out about this this uh, conspiracy about people being able to eat plastic. That's kind of the actual giant subplot, right? I say all yep. this to say. There's a lot of body horror throughout, right? And my question to you guys, as I ask every single time about favorites versus non-favorites, what is the most uncomfortable you got in the body horror? I feel like we're in a one-answer scenario like last week again. I don't think think so. so? I I disagree. I disagree for sure. And I I think that now you have to go first because I really want to know what you think. It's the the boy being chopped up. Yes, yeah, I disagree. Yeah, I don't. Really? <laughs> oh, I was yeah. incredibly uncomfortable that whole time. Just like I think, I think the movie prepares you for that moment so solidly I, that by the time it comes, it doesn't have. I don't it, disagree. It intentionally has less impact. I, I don't, it it got me good. I that was like the closest I've ever come to physically squirming in a movie theater ever. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So, so the boy, so boy, getting chopped up. Yeah. Yeah. That Yours was just is the boy. The whole sequence. So mine is probably, and it's not even a whole scene, but when uh, Caprice goes to the other show alone and she sees the artist get her face cut up, there's like a relatively small sequence after the main part of her getting her face cut up where somebody is just like carving into somebody else's like the top of their foot right at the ankle. I think that was kind of like the most like squirmy for me. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this because they're just like going back and forth, back and forth in the exact same spot. So, okay, so same scene, different moment. Okay, uh, so my the place that was the most uncomfortable for me was the transition from that scene to Caprice with the scars all across her head. Mm, I was okay. I. I was squirming so much in that seat where the where the actress was being like, "We you should come to my hotel room. We should come to my." Hotel. I was squirming so much in my seat, where uh, where the guy next to me was like, "Dude, like nothing bad has even happened yet." I'm like, I'm like, but it's gonna, it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but the implication, <laughs> yeah, like and like the fact that she has the entire moon thing and like insults like why would you do that and she's like it she made me think i would feel free from it there's just something yeah. so scary about that to me and like it, it's interesting that you bring that up because that's the only one that you don't see yeah but it still has quite an impact yeah because right? like yeah another one that i actually was very subtle but 
I think is really the one of the first instances is when like Saul is walking to one of the art shows or walking away from an art show and there's like these this like couple and they're just carving into some dude's some chick's arm uh, just just like yeah, yeah that's because that's Scott that's Lang Lang is the guy doing it well and I think yep. what's good about that is it's I don't think we've necessarily seen anything up until that point I could be misremembering but I feel like that's the first instance where you just see people cutting each other that's not like maybe i'm not 100 percent sure i think you know what not, you know what that actually scene, i i actually I, that, I actually want to amend my my most uncomfortable scene caprice and saul's sex scene is so oh, fucking that, yeah, that, that's like fair. they're just <laughs> fucking cutting in like the bed is cutting into them while they're banging is like surgery's yeah. the new sex yeah that's right. well it, it goes right yeah ex- exactly yeah which that's um, such a like th- that is an unnerving statement in and of itself. The idea that there is no pain, so to find pleasure, you literally cut each other. Like that's such a like, you know, uncomfortable. Yeah. It, 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 it could be argued that Caprice and Saul are angels to some, demons, demons to others, demons to others. explorers <laughs> at the far reaches of experience. Are you trying to? Are you trying to put this into the the Hellraiser uh, saga of films? Listen, Bobby? listen, it's listen. part of the expanded universe. Yeah, expanded yeah. What? Hellraiser <laughs> EU. The Hellraiser now, EU. Now, now we, we know we, we know canonically that Pinhead was a World War One veteran, but we don't know canonically, according to the movies, what the Chatterer was. It very much could have been a salt tensor. See, look at that. Oh, uh, except that. he was a little boy in Hellraiser Two, so maybe not. <laughs> Um, Alan, I think that, uh, the reason why your scene, that other scene where they're cutting people up in the alleyway, I think the part of the reason why that scene hits is because it's before they tell you that people don't feel pain. Mm. That, I think you're right. Every time after that, you know that they're doing it because they can't feel pain and that they have to like cross that boundary. But that first time you see it, you don't know that. And so like... You're in this, like, strange world, and you're just seeing people, like, just cut into each other, and you don't know why, and, like, they clearly aren't affected by it, so, like, what's going on? And I think that that is why that bit hits a little bit harder. This movie is Repo, the genetic genetic opera, but serious. Kind of a lot of the same (laughs) plot points. (laughs) I mean, every time they said surgery, I literally was like, surgery, under my breath, every single time. (laughs) It's oh, good, man. but it's very, it's okay. So like we've kind of criticized this movie a lot and like, we've also said yeah, the like movies that made square in the most, but I do think that this is an unfair representation of how we felt about the movie. So I think in addition, we should just talk about like what we did like about this movie. Right. Cause I, I kind of mentioned it off the top, but like we've been super hard on how this plot kind of is just weird and meandering and also yeah isolated uh but yeah so what do we what do we actually feel about this movie like general feelings i'll jump in the the world building is something that just worked so well for me like every every time i was given more details about this just weird world i was put into i was just in hook line and sinker um we mentioned the acting it's excellent i i mean it's it's just consistently good throughout. Um, it just, it, it blends the, abs- it, it takes you right to the edge 
of what is abs- like right before it's too absurd with a lot of the technology and it goes it goes right to that edge and stops right there so you it's not like watching star trek where they're just like oh my arm got blown off bloop 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 it's back <laughs> like it's nothing that wild but there are surgery beds that can perform autopsies automatically on children like it 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 takes you right to the edge and stops yeah. like it that world building and and the just the 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 sets the props the the every the the background work to make this world work is excellent it just it works yeah. so well so yeah i mean i i totally agree with that right like it's i would say pretty clear based on you know the rest of cronenberg's career that not only will we never see a sequel to this but we'll never hear anything about this world ever again which is too bad because he does have a very fully realized universe here. It's the best bit. You absolutely understand, like, okay, where is the world? Who are the major Mm -hmm. players? Like, what is going on technologically? Like, he tells everything to you, and it's easy to understand, but it's still just a little bit alien, but not too much. I totally agree. Like, that's one of the best parts. And kind of latching on top of that, I think that the dialogue specifically is really really interesting because even though they almost never talk about like the plot like probably 80 percent of the dialogue is just world building it's delivered in such a way that you're like totally believe it you know you're like oh yeah they would just be talking about these things right now and it's just feeding you world background information but it's done in a way that's okay i was never i never felt like they're mm. just like you never felt like you were having like, a board dump yeah, it never felt like 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 the info dump, but it was. Yeah. Most of it was. And I think that that is such an interesting accomplishment because I can't think of another movie really where so much of the dialogue is just explaining the movie to you and it worked. Uh and then also like the music is so so good. Howard Shore delivered a soundtrack that I absolutely did not expect out of him and I really loved this I love this style of like horror soundtrack, so really into that. Um, this movie is incredibly well acted. Um, on top of on top of it all, right? I mentioned it before, but I'll mention it again. It's just I, again, all of these criticisms about this movie that I had came after watching it. Like, mm-hmm. like I was like, I huh, that, that's yeah. weird. Like while you're watching, you're you're just like it, this movie is incredibly compelling incredibly compelling while you're watching it and then you start to like pick up the weird stuff off the side right yeah it's like well wait a minute yeah <laughs> how did we get to, how did we, how did we get to a to c right like yeah <laughs> um i also as a huge unabashed fan of hr giger like the fact like all of the technology is so clearly giger inspired like it's just great it's just great yeah. that like giger has become like it's a part of like sci-fi horror canon that in a way that like yeah. anything that is like um biomechanical i think is the w- way to put it is like yeah. it's just like the, it's the skeleton chair yeah like if you told yeah. me that he drew that he, that he drew that sketch yeah. first and they put it in the movie i w- i would believe you 100 <laughs> percent. i mean even the yeah. ear guy feels gigeresque yeah, or, or like yeah, the I... cuts into the woman feel gigeresque like like there's just so much there and like like just the weird um 
the weird ways in which like if you've ever seen a performance art piece and you've always like because you see them online and you go what the fuck is that and you see people like just gently clapping to somebody like attaching a pole to their dong and like banging it up against something and you're just like okay like the the ear guy feels like like uncomfortable but also like yeah i get it like i get that that would be something that people be like oh yeah. Did you? I, I loved how Caprice was like, yeah. She like shits all over this art. Yeah, the, her yeah. being pretentious is shitting all over this pretentious art. Like it was just yeah. very like. Yeah, it was that, perfect. Yeah, yeah, it was really well done. Like, and that's that's the beauty of this movie is it, it like it 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 critiques the art scene in a way that's just like yeah, I got I get that like how everybody is like yeah, uh huh. But like, also everybody thinks they're above it. Yes, everybody exactly. does <laughs> exactly. And there's just something about that that's very, very interesting and compelling to me. And the fact yeah. that like I don't notice the critiques until I was like driving home from the theater and be like, "Hmm, this movie had some issues." <laughs> Is yeah. I, I think I think it says a lot like about how like it, this movie just like bombards you in a good way with like sights and sounds in a way that you're just like trying to follow it and you don't realize that like there's a lot missing until until like you have a a chance to be like actually thinking about it means that like while you're watching it you're really enjoying it Mm -hmm. which is cool i have a very weird comparison to make yeah so this world feels like quake about 200 years before quake happens yeah like the like techno bio (laughs) thing like no it's like 200 it it, this is this is the prequel how we get to quake i mean i don't think i would have said that but once you said it feels like quake i immediately was like yeah no it kind of does yeah like quake (laughs) is a video game that everybody in our age demographic probably knows but you know it's a video game yeah it's is the brother of Doom, Doom yeah, but yeah. a little bit more, you know, biotech. Yeah, like, less demons, more technology. Yeah, take, yeah. take out the demons. Less and demons weird... and more Geiger. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah true. Yeah. More nail guns. It's a grand old yeah. time. Oh man. Uh, well, hey, I think we might be ready to put a rating on this bad boy. I really? think you might be right. How do we do that? All right. Yeah. So we rate movies on this show on a scale of from zero to five. With half points allowed. So scores like three or three and a half are allowed, but a score like 3.25, not happening on this one. So with that in mind, I want to start with Alan because it's his first Cronenberg movie. And I, I want to know where does it land? So this is weird for me because I don't, I don't have a lot to complain about, but I don't know that I don't know that I would call it a five out of five, but I don't know necessarily what I can say that I strongly disliked enough to take off points. I'm in a weird spot with this because I don't necessarily, I don't know. Fuck it, five out of five. I, I don't even know what to do with it. I think that 
I, if I if I can't sit here and go, here's something I should take off points for, then I don't know that in good conscience I can take anything off. I enjoyed what I saw. The world captivated me. I was I was in. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Wow. Uh. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go next. <laughs> okay. So. I enjoyed this movie a lot. I would probably say that my first my my gut score at, after like credit start rolling i probably would say a four out of five and the reason why is because it is a captivating movie and i like a lot of what it does but after thinking about it and really analyzing the movie i think that it has a couple of pitfalls namely the story like kind of is like just missing it i think it's right on the edge of getting there but it doesn't and i think that even though the messaging is strong i don't think that cronenberg is saying a whole lot that he hasn't said before i think that the body horror is very similar to other things that he's done this movie kind of feels for better and for worse a cronenberg greatest hits and considering this is the first movie he's written in 20 years i think it's a little bit disappointing in that regard i was expecting a little bit more uh, and so for me, actually, my final score would be a 3.5. I enjoyed it quite a lot, but I think it drops uh, at the end. Great effects, though. We didn't really talk about yeah. it, but the, the practical effects were phenomenal. <laughs> I'm going to say both of you are just wrong, um, mm-hmm. like, like objectively. And I will say that although I'm objectively correct all the time, I did make a mistake last week in giving X a 4 out of 5. Because I I think that this might be a four out of five, four and a half out of five, and X might just be a four, um, <laughs> because this is a four and a half out of five. There, um, Cronenberg, I I think giving a Cronenberg movie anything less than a four feels wrong, and this doesn't feel like a four either. Again. Scanners and The Fly are both somewhere between a 4 and a 5. And I don't know other movies that he's done besides those two. Those are the two Cronenberg movies I know. Uh, I'll fully say you didn't that. See, you, you didn't see Existence with me? No. I watched that in college for class. I thought that you were in that class with mm. me. It might have been a different class, but that's okay. Wow. Um, but this but movie feels a lot like that movie. <laughs> I I believe that. But even if it's yeah. even if it's similar, this movie on its own merits, even if there's other stuff to compare it to, really does. Like the problem with this movie is that the plot is so all over the place in a way that sometimes feels completely incoherent in a way that I don't think it's trying to do. I don't buy it. I don't. I like. I like. There are movies where, like, the incoherency of the plot feels intentional. This I don't fully buy. Um, like, I just don't. I it just, but like, everything else about this movie is just so. It's just, it's just like, this movie is so fucked in a cool way. Like, like, in a movie like Martyrs, where you just like, I don't want to watch this anymore. Like that. Like this movie, you're like. But like, what? 
what the fuck is happening? Like, like you just like as you lean closer and closer to the screen until you're like just there, like eyeballs touching your LCD, like that, and that's why I really like this movie. But then you sit with it after it's like, how? Why is why is Vigo Borton sitting undercover cop? Like that's kind of where. How, how long has he been undercover yeah. for? What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> how was how his girlfriend not found out? What is happening? Like, yeah, like there's just uh, some inconsistencies there that you just kind of lose it. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna say four and a half out of five. All those inconsistencies, only half a point, huh? I just think it it because I don't know. Maybe I'm just. I, maybe I'm a slave to the Cronenberg dynasty because, like, I gave. I think you might. I think you might be. <laughs> I we we did give. I think I we because that was that was in the in the before times, right? I definitely gave that movie a five, though. I, think we I did, definitely. I, gave I think we all gave that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Possessor for anybody. That yeah, know well, what we're well, yeah, about. yeah, Possessor. yeah. That's a spoiler alert for when we do Possessor, which will probably be soon because we just need to watch that movie it's again. So that would be so good. So good. All right, well, I mean, there we go. <laughs> Bobby's going to sit on this one. We'll see how he feels in a week or two. No, I'm fine with my four and a half out of five. I, 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 I stand by that. All right. But the other thing we do on the show is discuss whether or not a movie is essential to horror as a whole. Now, this section is spoiler free. Uh, so if you skipped ahead to this portion, just to let you know, Alan gave this movie a five out of five. Bobby gave it a four and a half out of five. And I gave it a three and a half out of five. Now, if you've been with us for a little while, you know that scores have uh, shockingly little to do with whether or not a movie is actually essential to the genre. And so here we go. Going in the same order that we did the scores in, Alan, is this movie essential? So I think I'm in a little bit of a unique position, given that this is my first uh, David Cronenberg film. Uh, So I have nothing to compare this to in terms of his body of work. Uh, I know he made Scanners and The Fly, and I know those are both very well-regarded films for entirely different reasons. Um, this film, however, I'm struggling to say yes, because while I think there are interesting things we see, I, you know, we, in, in the review proper, we talk a lot about, um, things about it that we like around the world and things of that nature, um, but just thinking through what this film is as as a whole, um, you know, there are other movies that send the message this movie is sending in, I think, a more direct way. Um, there, are, there are other examples of um, gore and horror that I think you're going to find that maybe would be better inclined to be essential. So I'm, I'm going to say no, actually. I don't think it is essential. All right. So, uh, I think that this movie has really fantastic world building. It's really well acted, great soundtrack. You know, we mentioned a lot of this during the, the the discussion, but 
Um, if you skip forward to this point, I, I do want to say that this movie is probably worth your time. Uh, especially, I would say, if if you've ever thought that maybe Cronenberg movies might be a little too gross for you, this movie is surprisingly tame, I think, compared to some of his other movies. And I think it might be a little bit easier to watch. Um, I agree with that. I mentioned it in the in the review. I think that I feel like this movie is for better and for worse a Cronenberg greatest hits. It doesn't really present us with a lot of new things, and despite its enjoyable watch, I think that that kind of makes it a no for me. I liked my time with it, but I don't know that looking back on the genre or on the year, this is a Cronenberg movie that we're gonna go like this was the one that mattered. I think that there are other movies that he's done that do matter. And I think that even though this movie is a te- technically accomplished and very enjoyable, I think that it's just a good horror movie and not an important horror movie. Okay. I have the answer. I know how I, I know what my choice is for this. But I, I want to make sure I'm explaining it in the right way. This movie yeah. is incredibly well acted. Everybody in yeah. here deserves credit for what they've done. This movie is super fun, and you probably should watch it. But of the recent Cronenberg films, between him and his son, it feels like, and this is this is where I'm kind of stuck, right? Because to to Corbin's point, this is a really this is a quintessential David Cronenberg film, but like to a certain extent, that's kind of done, right? Like if you go and watch other Cronenberg films, those feel a different way than this. Where this is starting, it doesn't feel stale necessarily, but it doesn't feel like it's touching the themes in the way that even Cronenberg wants you to touch them. Right. The problem and that, and, and in a, in a vacuum, this movie might be essential, right? The problem is, is David's son, Brandon has decided to start making films himself. And that's why I have to say no is just, it feels like the Cronenberg dynasty is decidingly He's moving forward yeah he is decidingly <laughs> moving forward and that and i'm sure i'm sure david is super excited about that but like for for even me to say that like his son is is kind of sort of surpassing him in this way like he's taking yeah, the I, he's I agree t- with that. he's taking the lineage and he's moving forward and doing new and interesting things with that right um it, we've talked enough about possessor that we should just review it at some point probably <laughs> If we have if we have space within it within the next couple of months, we should do that. I'm just making that a public announcement before talking to you guys yeah. privately about it because fuck you guys. We, uh, we talk about possessor like way too often yeah, to not to not review it actually. <laughs> um, but it's so good, um, and that is something that we we really do need to consider. Uh, and so that's why I have to say no. You should watch it, especially it's. Chances are it's really difficult for you to find right now because this movie has been yeah. widely shunned by theaters based off of its reception. And I would say inappropriately so. 
Um, people might tell us we're wrong, but maybe we're the jaded uh, uh, people. But like, are we the pretentious ones? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> potentially. Uh, but I mean, this... it's weird because they got a super limited release, but there aren't other horror movies out right now. Like... Yeah. But it could have just been in the theater. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's like <laughs> I was really looking forward to watching it in my in my preferred theater locally, and it was not there, and so I had to go to a different yeah. one, and it was fine. But um, I don't think it deserved that. I do think it was very well done, though. But it's yeah. still unessential, unfortunately, for me. Well, there you go. Yeah. Speaking of limited release uh uh things what can we find you guys doing what are you guys up to you can find me at a seal punter just about anywhere um i am participating in a disc golf match play tournament and i have my match tomorrow when it's going to be 97 degrees it's gonna suck um i won my first round didn't play super well but that's why you play 18 I won the match. Move on to the next one. Um, Winning's winning. Remember, we learned that. Incher a mile. (laughs) uh, If you ain't first, you're last. uh, Other catchphrases. Um, Other than that, (laughs) uh, I'm going to try out PlayStation Now after the podcast because Sony revealed their new PlayStation Plus setup, and it was $20 to upgrade to the, the maximum tier uh, for the rest of the year, so I was like, for the rest of my year of PlayStation Plus, and I was like, eh, why not? Let's see what this is all about. So I'm either going to find a whole bunch of PS3 games I never played and have a grand old time, or it's going to be uh, the worst. We'll find out pretty soon. So that's about it for me. Nice. Uh, you can find me anywhere at Core Bangerang. I am uh, relatively active on Twitter. I've been spending my time with uh, gaming and uh, Warhammer. Uh, as far as games go, I have been playing Lego The Hobbit still, and I also just started up a Path of Exile character. Ooh. It's been a long time since I played PoE. The game is a lot better now, and I'm excited to give it a spin. Uh, and I also just started a new seasonal character on diablo 3 because uh we kind of never talked about it, but like diablo action, action rpgs are like oh yeah, yeah. uh oh and, and i play diablo immortal onto my phone like you gotta I play love sacred that genre. 3 while you're at it and just throw in another one i'll play sacred 3 you want to play sacred 3 together <laughs> <laughs> it's co-op baby <laughs> um so that's what i've been spending my time with i have been posting uh about my warhammer adventures over on my other my warhammer twitter account which is at bolters underscore bourbon and uh otherwise you know just enjoying my time building guys oh you know what uh i mentioned it back oh man when was it october i think i made a promise uh which i promptly broke about watching an episode every day of buffy and angel and then finishing it by like april Do you guys remember this? Yeah. I, so I remember I, it actually very deeply because my yeah, wife was the one who tried to push you for a while with Well, that. and didn't yes. Mallory, That's like, right. get through all of it, like, yeah. so, months ago oh, yeah. at this part? So, yeah. About a year so ago we were, at this bit, yeah. We were, we were watching it kind of together. I was watching it, it literally one episode a day. She was not happy with that pace and then flew right past me. And then kind of at the same time, she decided that I was going too slow I, I like kind of fell off of it so she finished the show and then I like stopped watching so I watch you know an episode every now and then uh but I'm happy to report that I did watch an episode today so I'm trying to get back on back on that 
So we'll see how it goes. How are, uh, I don't know, <laughs> I have a question for you, Corbin. Yeah. So, so how much It's Always Sunny have you watched uh, in recent time? I'm like halfway through the eighth season, I think. <laughs> there you go. I love that. My tools! My, it is... I need my tools! It is so, so good. Best show. I regret a little bit that I waited this long to watch it. But I'm happy that I now have so much to watch. <laughs> I actually have the, same, I have the same thing as you, but with 30 Rock. I've been telling you guys, my, my wife and I started watching 30 Rock, and holy shit. The show, it's just, it, the last, the last like, topical joke they made is, yeah, you can't do any, the only thing you can't do nowadays is dog fighting. And I'm like, okay, that's hilarious, given the fact that uh, this show came out when that was contemporary. And I just, like, the amount of <laughs> contemporary jokes to the, like, it's, it's, it's just so good. Oh, I love 30 Rock. So I'm funny. so happy that you're finally watching 30 Rock. So yeah, find me at Corbangering or at Bolters underscore Bourbon. Uh, hit me up. Let's talk. You can find me best at my Twitch, twitch.tv slash the Red Weenie, where I will be at the very least streaming two times a week going forward. Why is that, you might ask, friends? That's because we're adding a game every other month to our essential scare schedule starting with a classic the classic of modern horror gaming amnesia the dark descent i don't know what day of the week it will be just yet because we decided this just before recording we committed to this uh, but i will have a date and it will be consistent so if you follow me at twitch.tv slash threadweenie you will be getting notifications of when i go live to record that so you'll get my live ideas of how i feel about the game um meanwhile probably in addition to my ramblings about the movie we watch feel free to follow me there could be fun um other than that i've been playing some games with my wife spelunky 2 um as well as doing Warhammer stuff, and um, I have I've been watching the newest season of Barry on HBO. I like Barry a lot. It's a very fun Bill Hader directed and starred in show that is about an assassin who wants to be an actor. It's a very fun black comedy, and you should probably watch it. Uh, yeah, that's what I've been up to. Nice. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, you can find the podcast anywhere at Essential Scares. We're active on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and we would really appreciate a follow and a, you know, comment, let's talk, whatever. We also have in our bio on all of our socials a link to our Discord, um, which has been updated. <laughs> discovered that um, last night. <laughs> we would love it if you joined the discord and had a chat we talk about movies music and games every single day we're all active on there um also if you ever have suggestions for movies or games for us to cover in the future uh or tv shows which we do occasionally and so you know if it's a short series we'll we'll put it on the on the schedule uh that is the best place to do it is to toss it in the discord and let us know uh what you'd like us to cover in the future Speaking of things that we're covering in the future, next week we are going to be talking about uh, Willy's Wonderland. It's a new-ish movie from last year that we missed, and uh, we were all really excited for it to come out, and then it kind of uh, just flew right past us, unfortunately, so but we're making up for it, and we're watching it next get week. Get stoked, FNAF and Nicolas Cage fans. We're finally getting to it. 
<laughs> um, and then stacking on top of what Bobby said, we're committing to a game, a horror game, of course, every other month. You might remember uh, almost a year ago now when we were just starting, we covered Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 8. And, you know, we recognize that horror is more than just movies and we'd like to expand our uh, reach a little bit. And so we're starting with Amnesia the Dark Descent. That episode is scheduled for July 20th. So if you intend on playing through the game before then to hear our thoughts as well without getting spoiled, that's how long you have. Um, and Or uh, you can just watch cl- me on Twitch cool. do it. <laughs> that's true. Just watch along with Bobby. You don't have to play it yourself. <laughs> um, but that's all we got. Thank you to everybody for watching and listening this week. Thank you to Alan and Bobby for being on the show with me. I have been your host, Corbin. And this has been Central Scares. Play that breakdown, baby. Yeah.